Hello everyone and welcome back one month later for another Ranger X podcast. Today we're celebrating the Ides of March, so we'll be discussing important betrayals uh, in the <laughs> Sega Genesis classic Ranger X. Adrian, how have you been doing this March? Pretty good. I went to Sushi Bar last night. My first one. It was awesome. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Uh, what'd you get? Uh, I got whitetail, white tuna, snapper, regular tuna, salmon, shrimp, and the most delicious of them all, eel. That sounds like quite a quite an array of the sea. Yeah. Yung is the best sushi. Hmm? Yeah. Yung is the best sushi. Eel sauce is also pretty friggin' delicious. Yeah, eel's good. I like white tuna. That, that's uh, usually expensive, but tasty. Wario fan, have you had any sushi uh, in the last two hours? I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I have not. How have you been doing otherwise? Pretty demotivated. I uh, found out that I'm really bad at a game on easy mode. <laughs> yeah, that's caused more than one person to do the suicide. Shouty, how about you? Are you going to cheer us up in absence of Warrior fans' normal positive attitude? No. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. What have you been playing recently, Shaddy? Uh, I've been playing Ghost Trick Phantom Detective over again. That's one yeah. of those uh, fake visual novels for DS or something? Yeah, except I'm playing it for iOS. What makes that one interesting in particular, that you'd play it again? I didn't remember how to do all the puzzles the first time I did them, so that's kind of giving me a bit of a challenge figuring out how to do the puzzles again. But at the same time, I'm like, Trying to re-examine it from like a literary standpoint, the plot in particular, I mean. Yeah, you find it that involving? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Adrian, how about you? What have you been up to? Tons more Zelda 2. Um, I'm actually at the last palace before the final dungeon. How many are there in that one? There's six dungeons. So Which how... is pretty good. Yeah, at, at this point, how are you feeling about Zelda 2? Things definitely pick up because a down thrust is ten times more useful than just trying to hit them with the puny dick sword. So, yeah, that so it certainly picks up from there, especially once you start getting stuff like the heal spell and the fire spell, and you start leveling up more, so, yeah. Yeah, I think generally that's the consensus that the down strike really increases the just the fun of the action makes it yeah makes it more uh functional as a platformer yeah that's uh, actually that was another thing that i picked up on is that link I, I don't know why they went this way but he's got some mario momentum going on in this game that is probably what so it's not just the little sword but the little sword plus his momentum because it the way it works is kind of strange what happens is if you you know if you move Link and you let go, kind of like in Mario, he keeps moving a little bit forward. Which when you're trying to space yourself close to an enemy, that can fuck you up. But when you attack, he just comes to a dead stop. So this is the funny thing: is like moving and then attacking is actually better for stopping than moving and then just stopping or moving and trying to move the other direction. So that's one thing that uh, takes getting accustomed to. The other is when you want to move. Uh, Link needs to accelerate, so oftentimes you want to jump away, but Link jumps only like one block away. It's like, shit, I didn't move anywhere. But if you're already moving, he'll jump like a whole three blocks, so 
trying to get used to the way he accelerates is another bitch. Sometimes I'd have to like make him wiggle back and forth so he can keep up his momentum. So if I need him to jump away when like fighting the Dyrus, for example, um, he can actually move somewhere and not move about the same distance. He swings his sword. There's all sorts of tricks that I used to like fighting iron knuckles. I always jump and attack in the middle of the jump arc because the iron knuckles just can't handle that at all. Same with Lizophos, except I do something a little bit different where I run forward, crouch, jump in the air, and then crouch stab in the air, and I can wreck them pretty quickly that way. So basically developing all these techniques so I don't have to play the normal hitting high and low game. It gets pretty technical, but it's nice that there are those alternate strategies that makes it, or that let you take advantage of the fact that it's an action game instead of um, being stuck into the really rigid strategies that you get when you don't have stuff uh, like analog elements like momentum to uh, play with. Yeah. The, I'm not sure how the shielding works, actually. Like, what they're programming it seems kind of like they just randomly block at times, which is why I find the um, strategies that I've been using uh, more consistent and reliable. Yeah, generally speaking, I think most enemy patterns are random. Right. Warrior fan, since we know you haven't been getting good at Ranger X, what have you been playing? I've been playing <laughs> Loco Roco with the PSP. I vaguely remember that as one of those like like a tilty type game. Yeah, Something it like is that. a tilty type game. Uh have you ever played any other tilty type games to compare it to? I played this uh Kirby's Tumble and Tilt game before, although that one was actually uh, literally tilting the system. Yeah, that was pretty revolutionary. It was. Are you glad not to have to tilt the system in Lego Roco, though? I don't know. I kind of find myself doing it anyway, just out of instinct. <laughs> well, <laughs> that might be a sign that you've reached your middle age as well. <laughs> the problem with tilting the system in Kirby Tilt and Tumble is that the, the system it was for didn't have a backlight yeah. for the screen. <laughs> so if you tilted it downward, you wouldn't see what the hell you were doing. Yeah, so, uh, once again, ahead of its time. (laughs) Too ahead. We're going to continue from last time, concentrating on Ranger X's weapon system, because I think that's probably the most distinguishing element of the game, or at least the element that offers the most strategic variety to the player. Last time we talked about how it factors into navigation and how the weapons affect how the player uses their movement mechanics. So this time I want to talk more about how the weapons pace the game and how they lend the individual levels their own characteristics. So, just to start, what is everyone's favorite weapon? Oh, the Falcon. I like the Falcon. Yeah, I like the Falcon, too. Flamethrower? <laughs> That's the only weapon you managed to get? Shut up! <laughs> Start the game with two, so... <laughs> yeah, the flamethrower and the bomb. Yeah, that is a good question. Now, has everyone found all... What is it, six of the weapons? Yeah. I thought it was seven. It might be seven. I, that was just off the top of my head. It's flamethrower, grenade, pl- or laser, falcon, plasma, 
Fire wave, shield, so seven, yeah. yeah. I found a laser once, but then I died and just used the level select cheat, so I kind of didn't pick it up again. <laughs> the level select cheat. <laughs> so, uh, Adrian and Chad, you guys like the Falcon. Uh, actually, no, let's let's start with the flamethrower. Why are you fam- how come you like the flamethrower? Because it's better than the pea shooter. <laughs> better in what ways? It's more powerful. You know, I can just use it to blast more damage at the enemy. How did you find yourself dealing with uh, ammunition since you liked it better than the pea shooter? Well, at first it concerned me because I was kind of blazing through it. But then I found out, you know, the whole sunlight thing. And that was like, whoa, this is pretty revolutionary here. It is pretty revolutionary. Uh, ahead of its time, if you will. <laughs> uh <laughs> So yeah, solar power is pretty ahead of its time. <laughs> We're not ready for the sun yet. Shouty, what made you enjoy using the Falcon? Or it's prefer a bird. using it? Right. That's that will help us pick apart <laughs> the strategic benefits of and the uh, depth of the game. Uh, choosing weapons because um, they're a bird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the most broken weapon in the game, essentially. <laughs> Uh, almost. So when you say it's broken, what do you mean by that? Although it does like take some finesse to use because uh, you can only go after one target at a, t- at a time. Um, it takes so little power that you can just keep using it over and over again, and it'll just maul anything in its path. Adrian, is that about the same way you feel about the Falcon? Yeah, it's very. It is very powerful. It uses little ammo. And it pierces through enemies, so even though if you send it off once, uh, there's a good chance it'll actually go off and kill multiple things. It'll kill one, fly off the next target, and then come back to you. So very useful, very versatile. But which things it will target is a little arbitrary. I know it doesn't target bosses, but around level 6, most of the enemies, for whatever reason, it won't kill. So level 6 is where it's much less useful, and that's about it. All the other ones before it, though, it's super useful. How did you guys deal with uh, managing your ammo for the Falcon? Did you find that you generally just had as much as you needed? Yeah, even in the um, the heavy mode, it's just as much as I need. Wait, in heavy mode, does it take more ammo, and do you recharge at a slower rate? No, uh, no. but there are more enemies in heavy mode, so oh, okay. naturally you would probably want more. Yeah. But it's that uh, property that the bird will typically fly through multiple targets, regardless of where they are. Yeah, even uh, if they're behind a wall. Yeah, that's another great thing. So, where stuff like the flamethrower will get destructed by, wall- by walls, uh, the falcon will just fly right through it. So, yeah, the falcon is super good. Did you guys just stick to using the falcon the whole time, or did you uh, switch it up to other weapons at any particular point? I, I switched it up just because um, I knew just from beating easy mode that the Falcon was really good. So for my normal hard and heavy playthroughs, I avoided using the Falcon. I just stuck with whatever weapon I picked for as long as I could. Just out of keeping things not dull, um, I tried to use the laser and oh, yeah, some other weapons. Good. And I guess if it's not the Falcon, my second favorite weapon would be the Fire Wave just because it has that... Uh, that wide area of attack. Yeah, it's really good for the stage six boss. I found. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
So how did you find laser to work for you? I kind of don't really get laser. Is it supposed to home in on enemies? I found out it takes a while for it to home. So that's it. The way it works is that as soon as it hits an enemy, it tracks that enemy. Oh, okay. Okay, that's, that's right. That makes sense. So uh, yeah, the laser can be neat. And did you find uh, any trouble managing ammo for that? Or any difference, I guess, in managing ammo for that versus the Falcon? I think the laser takes even less ammo than the Falcon. Because I think they were tr- the, the developers trying to account for the scanning mode and then the lock-on mode, so... It kind of balances out when it doesn't take a lot of ammo when you're constantly using it when it's in use. Yeah, it is a rapid fire weapon, unlike the Falcon, where you shoot once and it goes out and wreaks havoc. So, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like the laser or the flamethrower, pretty sure they have less ammo per second consumption. Interestingly, the Falcon, similar to the laser, consumes more ammo when it's actually doing damage than when it's just uh, in flight. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, if you watch your uh, meter, it barely goes down at all when it's seeking, but as soon as it grabs onto an enemy, it starts to chew through your energy pretty quickly. Warifin, did you ever mix it up and use something other than flamethrower? Well, I found that shield. I mean, it's not really offensive, but... How did you balance your ammo usage for shield? Because I know that is one that goes through it pretty quickly. I turn it on, use it, then turn it off, hide in the uh, Indra, then come back out, use it, hide in the Indra. You paced your gameplay around how much shield you had, basically? Yeah. Shield's kind of a weird one because that's only available in the final level, so talking about how that distinguishes the levels is kind of difficult. (laughs) And that comes into play with all... or. Some weapons more than others, obviously, uh, because of the fact that you don't start with a full arsenal in Ranger X. You pick up weapons as you go. So, did you guys find that as soon as a weapon was introduced, you would uh, give it a try and try to make use of it? Or was it something that, like, you just kind of stuck with whatever you were doing, and later on when you felt like you needed something else, you... We change weapons. That's about how I played it on my first playthrough. Yeah, I played the the latter way. Cause some weapons, like the plasma, if you play it in the way that you described formerly, uh, former in, in the former way, you would use up all of your power if you used the plasma right as you got it. Mm-hmm. And in getting weapons in relation to the stages they're in, uh, I feel like shields should not have been so secret in the last level because there are parts where I feel like the shield is absolutely necessary to avoid, or well, not absolutely necessary, but would I guess I feel like is the the more proper method of dealing with some parts of the level. Like when you have to destroy those barrier lasers, uh, they set off these like mines that that have homing shots. And I feel like the shield would have been perfect for dealing with that. I, I think as we've all discussed, no one knows any way to get around those other than using the shield. Yeah. Oh, that's what you meant by disco ball lasers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, okay, if you even if you didn't have the shield, you still had an extra med pack back ways. But generally generally speaking, I think um Ranger X is a game where you can avoid damage in any situation. Or yeah, almost and that's, any situation. That's why I think the shield should not have been so secretive in that level. I just think them 
the homing was too they probably could have made it so that the homing wasn't as perfect as it was because um i still don't know how to get around those things i've tried using the high jump so that they would come down to me i would go up to the top of the screen as fast as i can and try to like circle around away from them hoping they would hit the ground or something but no they their curve is so tight that they come right back at me and then yeah screw it so did you use the shield much uh in that level adrian yeah, I don't use it too much because, well, it's not an offensive weapon and holding it all the time is just a waste of energy. So I use it when I feel like I'm going to get hit. I kind of use it like a parry. Okay. Or, yeah, shield or a dodge, whatever. Yeah, so I get kind of a weird feel from that shield weapon. Like the developers had the idea for it and had the idea of basing the level around it but then got indecisive and felt like maybe it was too overpowered and therefore made it really hard to find. But it is weird that the level feels paced for it, and then it's, yeah, I mean, if you know how to get it, you have already played the game enough that you are not going to be the person relying on it the entire time. Yeah. Sticking with that final level... Since that's the one where um, you have all the weapons available and you guys mentioned that the Falcon becomes less useful at that point, what weapons did you guys use there or situationally other than the shield? Uh, what did you find useful? Um, let me remember. I know the big fire wave weapon was good for taking out um, those turrets because it had such a wide shot that it could attack both of its little stem things. Because there's four parts to them that you have to destroy. And the fire wave thing, whatever it is, was good for hitting both of them at the same time. Aside from that, I would usually stick with barrier because most of the most of the things in that level you can actually just take out with a normal gun. But aside from barrier, uh, I know the fire wave was helpful. Uh, Warrior fan, I know for a while you didn't have the shield. Did you find flamethrower useful at all in the final level? I think it was a bit more effective on the uh, targets and the um, those awful, I don't know what you call them. They, they had those those sharp prongs that would come out and shoot at you. And oh, just... the, the guys that like split up into four pieces or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what to call those guys. Yeah, there's no, there's no enemy roll call at the game's credits, so. This doesn't really feel like the kind of game that would have that. Yeah. Just do your best to give him a name. <laughs> yeah, so you found it useful against those guys. That makes sense. You actually, those guys are, they like skyrocket in presence as you increase the difficulty. On heavy mode, they're all over the place. Ooh. Yep. Shouty, how about you? Did you use anything else on the final stage? I just stuck with Idra and his homing shot. Yeah, Idra's good at that level. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really try. I didn't really use any other special weapons. Transitioning to the topic of solar power, I think that's interesting. That um, uh, I mean, did you guys notice how the solar charging works in that final level? Uh, is there any way that it works differently from the other levels? It's just supercharged in the final level. Like, yeah, you get energy back really fast. Unless you're oh. behind a wall where it's dark. That's right. Oh. Oh, I didn't notice that. You've got this level where the special weapons aren't as useful, but you have as much ammo as, uh, basically as you can do anything with. So, 
I guess that's something that uh, you guys didn't find all that useful. Well, okay, there's one part uh, at the oh. very end before the boss, level boss, where I, I used the plasma to take out those two spiders over the lasers. Other than that... Yeah, for me, it was just uh, mostly using barrier. So y the energy does help. Yeah. I think that barrier is only really paced to be used in the final level as far as energy consumption goes, uh, just because it goes through energy so quickly that it wouldn't be that useful. <laughs> and actually, you kind of find this out on the final boss, that it's not that useful if you can only use it a little bit and not have it recharge. That's why I kind of refer to using it as a parry, because um, how quickly it drains. Going back one stage from that to stage five, in stage five, the solar power recharges very slowly. It's the slowest rate in the game. Slower than level four? Yes. Or on par with level four, I think. Did that affect you at all in level five? I found the weapons, the special weapons, more useful in level five, actually. So, so unlike in level six, they really that was kind of a handicap for me. So, did it change the pace at which you played the game? Oh, uh, not that much, because I feel like the the power meter was more than enough for me to use all my weapons. So, even though it was, even though I kind of did have to pace myself a little bit more than any other levels, it was not that halting. When you ran out of power, what did you do? Or what would your reaction be? I'd wait. Or I'd keep going. And since the, the enemies that you need to destroy in that level can be destroyed easily with by um, destroying their power source, uh, you don't need special weapons for them in particular. Adrian, how did you react when you ran out of power in that stage? It wasn't often that I did because I had... I did make very liberal use of the Falcon because I didn't always need him going off to kill those Watcher robots that patrol back and forth. So most of the pacing in that level was more about the level itself than um, the low recharge rate, I found. So you used the Falcon mostly on the targets? Yeah. The thing about the Falcon in that level is that it's the only weapon that can be used if you're caught in a spotlight on the... That tracking robot that that catches you. Yeah. So the power in that level is really like used for a last ditch effort if you find yourself screwed up like that. Yeah, I actually found that you can dodge those later those lasers. The uh, when you, if you get spotted, if you duck at just the right time, uh, you can't <laughs> dodge them. Yeah, you can dodge them just by moving around because they're shooting at where you are, not where you're going. Technically, you can also use plasma yeah. to kill those guys, and you okay. can use and, laser and e as well. And EOS can take care of them as well. Yeah, if you stand still, EOS will get it off you. Yeah. Like a watchful parent. <laughs> Checking for ticks. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking of, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Warrior fan, uh, when you weren't busy checking for ticks, uh, did you ever run out of energy in... Level five. To be honest, I, I I think I was more focused on on trying to uh, avoid the spotlights than uh, my my weapon selection. Okay, so you were playing it just uh, really evasively, not yeah. not worrying about attacking. Yeah, I think that seems to be the consensus between us on level five that 
it's a level paced more by what's in the environment than it is player paced in terms of uh, expending energy. Uh, is that did you guys enjoy that level, or or how do you think that level fits into the game as a whole? I liked it. Um, yeah, it I was interesting. Before, yeah, before the it final was... rush, it's good to have a slow paced level like that. I mean, I I, I was still pace. trying to uh, treat the game like Gunstar Heroes, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, and there are levels that we'll get to in a second, I guess, as we we'll go backwards. Uh, there are levels that do pace more like Gunstar Heroes, but level 5 is not one of them. Level 5 also, this is true of most of the stages, but there are a finite number of enemies in it, so you can kill everything if you want. Yeah, they don't respawn. What about the health packs? Did you guys find yourselves uh, relying on those at all in level 5? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, but there were like four health packs in that level, so I think it was kind of ridiculous. It is a little bit over the top how many they give you. Yeah. So, I mean, I did rely on him, but only so I wouldn't die and get a game over. Yeah. So it's Really, like... the things that would take off my health in that level were the, um, the, the objectives that you had to destroy. Mm-hmm. Things on the rails that shoot like four, bu- four bullets at a time. Um, Basically, they shoot a lot. Did you guys notice that picking up one of those health packs costs power? Oh, no! I didn't notice that. That's why they heal a different uh, amounts. That's right. It's basically a one-to-one ratio. They'll heal as much as uh, you have power. Oh, man. Uh, uh, until you're full on health, that is. Right. So if you only need a little bit of health, they won't drain your entire power supply. They'll just heal you how much you need. Okay. So you can actually strategically pace when you pick those up to get the most health out of them. If you rush to grab them when you have no energy, then they're not going to do you any good. Yeah. My experience with level 5 is that I pretty much don't use weapons at all, and I just save the uh, save whatever energy I have for the health packs, and that allows me to play it more quickly or to be casual about taking damage, but rely on the abundance of healing resources. You can't really do both because of the rate at which your power regenerates. Did you guys use the fire wave weapon or whatever that one's called? That's the one that's found in level 5. Did you use that at all for level 5? Yeah, I used it for the little grunt robots. Yeah, I used it for trying it out, but um, and on those real enemies, but yeah, most of the time I just stuck with regular shooting or trying to derail them than really using that for level 5. Mario fan, did you find that weapon? No. <laughs> what? It's out in the open. No, it's not. Wait, what? Wait, which weapon? The fire wave. You it actually... is out. Isn't it out in the open? It's just underneath that little platform. Yeah, but you have to duck through the platform. It's not on the screen until you duck through. Really? Yeah. What? I thought it was there. That's why I ducked through. No. What the heck, then? I mean, you know, because the camera is not fixed, it's possible that you could have gotten it on screen, but it's also possible to not see it at all. Okay, okay. The thing I found Firewave useful for in that stage, which sort of guided me in using it for the rest of the game, is what Adrian mentioned about the targets shooting a ton of bullets at once in your direction uh, and they have tracking fire and it's actually 
pretty quick. But because of the fact that they're on rails, you always know what the position of the enemy is going to be. So it's easy to get straight in front of them. And if you do that and you use the fire wave, which gives you a vertical wall in front of you, you can block all of their bullets at the same time that you shoot them. The fire wave will just absorb all of that. So in the end, I found myself preferring that weapon to the Falcon for stage five because the Falcon will eat some on its way to the uh, enemy, but it very rarely will get all eight bullets that it shoots at once. Whereas the flame wave, it's very easy to get them all. If, and with the Falcon, you can hide behind a wall. That's true. And use it. But because those guys move pretty quickly, if you're stationary, the Falcon's not going to keep up with them. Oh, yeah. It only moves within the camera. Yeah. But, yeah, using the fire wave also requires you to be good at maintaining your vertical position, which is yeah. not always easy in this game because of the jetpack controls. Yeah, and it can run out without a moment's notice. That's right. Stepping back one more stage, we've got the vertical stage four. You guys want to describe the weapon you get there and how you get it? It's in one of the windows that you break on your way up. That's how I remember finding plasma. I'm a vandalist. <laughs> I, I think vandal is the word, not vandalist. But <laughs> Is it? Okay. I'm a vandal. Broken windows theory. <laughs> so... <laughs> Did you guys find any use for uh, Plasma within Stage 4? Hell no. That's like the exact opposite of a stage you want to use it for. Um, unless using it for the boss. Yeah, you can use it for that boss, can't you? <laughs> Just to speed things up. Although it's so easy, I don't even find it worth it. Well, that's what I mean, though. You can speed it up, because it's just tedious. That kind of is like a little lesson about what Plasma is for. Yeah. Like, here, if something's too boring for you to do, just use Plasma. <laughs> that big um hallway boss after level 5, that's pretty much what the Plasma was, like, made for. So, in level 4, Warrior Fan, any use for Flamethrower? For uh, breaking windows. <laughs> <laughs> well, boy, that's <laughs> the least realistic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Is that uh did that help you play through the stage breaking windows? I it was a motivator. I wanted to see how much windows I could break. I wanted to see how much property damage I could cause with just a flamethrower. <laughs> the answer was not enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't ever get to burn the building down. That kind of would have been a quicker way to get to the target. I mean, I I did use it on those targets usually, but like I said last week, I made the mistake of thinking I was doing a better job doing those. Not last week, but last time. I was. I thought I was doing a better job just ramming into them. Right. But that, that was just an illusion. Yeah, we learned a lesson. We all learned a valuable <laughs> lesson. How did you guys, uh, or Shadi and Adrian, what, what weapons did you guys find useful? I actually did just stick with the flamethrower. No, because it just dealt a lot of damage to those bomb dispensing guys. Hmm, that's interesting. That's I don't think I ever tried using flamethrower on that stage. Although in hindsight, the laser would have been much more useful because I could just track it and, and focus on avoiding the bombs. I found the Falcon uh, extremely useful in that stage. It takes out those 
tower things in the walls that spit out the mines in like one hit, oh. one shot out. And it's good at killing those uh, jetpack bastards even when they're flying off screen. So Falcon is super great in that stage. Falcon didn't work for me in that stage for some reason. Yeah, that's weird, because that definitely is, like, the Super Falcon stage. Yep. Laser's good, too, though, because Laser will lock on, and Laser, as I've mentioned before, does a better job of clearing out enemy bullets. So, it's a safer way to play, basically. Yeah. But the reason I end up going with Falcon is because of the recharge rate. So, that's another really slow recharging level. Did that pace you guys at all, the way that uh, you didn't get uh, energy back very quickly? Uh, when I was playing my other runs where I was trying to stick with one weapon, like uh, bombs and the V-laser, bombs and flamethrower and all the other weapons, um, I, sorry, I, didn't, I forgot where I was freaking going with this. All I know is bombs were probably the least useful in that stage, and I did find myself running out with it. You find yourself running out with only when you were using bombs? Yeah, only when I was using bombs. The other ones came close, but not quite. But that's because every other weapon is still somewhat useful in that stage. Couldn't you use the bombs to have them travel up along the wall and uh, take out anything in their way? (laughs) They, like, explode and then fall down in the air. Yeah, the bombs don't travel up. Um, Yeah. They behave very weird. Well, they just travel down. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They ex- explode down. But what if you fired one right at the bottom and you kept flying and following it? It doesn't it, ride up the wall. It just bounces off. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like, right at the very bottom of the level, you you, you spit out a bomb on a... At the floor. Ledge. Yeah, no, on, on the ledge of the building. Yeah, it'll go up to the wall and then reflect off. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't ride up walls, they just reflect. Okay. I don't think there's any really feasible way to use bombs for that stage. Nope. Uh, But, Chaddy, did you find yourself running out of ammo at all? Yeah, I did, so I waited on the ledges to recharge. It also helped coax out those jetpack guys. Okay, so that was one... In that level where you actually wouldn't progress unless you had special weapons at the ready? Yeah. I find that definitely to be the case when I play that stage, particularly because your normal weapon is just kind of garbagey in a vertical setting. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get really even with your target, and when your targets are moving up and down, or when your target is putting a bunch of mines in the space where you need to hover, you really have a hard time keeping that horizontal line. Yeah. So let's talk about stage three then. Stage three is the forest stage, and in that one you find the falcon. Warrior fan, did you get the falcon? I did not get the falcon. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) That one is that one is in plain sight. <laughs> so you get the falcon there. It is possible to miss it if you're killing the um the targets as they drop in instead of killing them yeah. on the ground. Exactly. But you have to be really good and you may as well not get the falcon if you're that good. 
Well, you <laughs> you do get a lot of time as they're falling, unless you're playing in weirdly in hard and heavy mode. The targets fall really fast. Oh well, that makes sense. It's just such a minor tweak, though. It really doesn't affect the overall difficulty very much. It's just the kind of thing that I don't really understand why you'd even bother to make that change. So you could you could drive. They could uh, lure you into the enemy fields under the trees, where it's harder to kill them. All. Yeah, but you always end up in that situation in the second half of the level. I mean, unless you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can kill all the targets in the air. It's only the first four or five that you can do that for. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, still, it's it still puts you in more danger. That's right true. Off the bat. I mean, it does. It does make it a little bit harder. What weapon did you guys use on that stage? Is that one where you found Falcon useful? Yeah. Definitely. But and before I got the Falcon, I used a flamethrower. Yeah. Uh, v laser. I keep saying wanting to say V laser because that's just how I think of it. Because the way it shoots, it starts out in a V and then it circles around, and that's also one of the reasons why the V laser is probably the second most versatile weapon aside from Falcon. Yeah. V laser I also found pretty useful in that stage. Just because of how of the way it shoots like that. I also made full use of those pixel berries that you told us about in the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, those are really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, Falcon uh, dominates level three. Yeah, actually, in my experience, I used to use Falcon a lot on that stage, and I've come to find that laser works a, a bit better. There's so many enemies moving so fast on and off screen, or those flying enemies do, that I find that Falcon doesn't keep up very well. Yeah, it gets distracted. So if you're just blasting the lasers, you can usually hit anything as soon as it comes on screen and kill it right away. Yeah, you should just find timing, or not timing, just, just firing off the Falcon before those guys fly under or past you. It's usually the best way that it takes them out. So, they also have a tendency to, like, those flying things to come out two at the same time. So it can often get both of them. They'll fly into one and then yeah. zig back to the other, and then it'll come back to you. Yep. So this is one of the levels where there's a distinction in this, the recharging areas. So if you're above the tree line, you can recharge solar power pretty quickly. And if you're below, I don't know if it doesn't recharge at all or just recharges extremely slowly but it's basically nothing compared to above the tree line so i think we did talk about this a little bit in the last podcast but where did you guys find yourself spending more time above or below the trees above well actually no it's, it's more like half and half really like i would move on i would move to each target above the canopy i wouldn't move to the next target below okay the tree line. So you made use of your radar there. Um, yeah, of course. And Adrian, you said below? Yeah, I spend more time below, uh, especially since Falcon and the V-Laser have such a good rate of ammo use or whatever however you want to call it. But um, I, I know actually bomb, the bombs, the grenades are also pretty useful in that stage. Not quite as useful as... The V-Laser and Falcon, especially with the flying enemies, because it's only going to hit them if they're low enough so that that shockwave can get them. But you can have several bombs, or not bombs, 
the bomb shockwaves like traveling through the level, wrecking several enemies. Uh, up until it hits a 90 degree wall, then it'll then it'll stop dead in its tracks. Warrior fan, did you prefer above or below? Above. I just, you know... I, you I preferred like... above? Felt safer in the air. Yeah. Hundreds of feet off the ground. I mean, did you fight any enemies? <laughs> or did you just stay up that. there? <laughs> I just wanted to fly through the jungle. I think they might actually be worse trying to fight them in the air. I, I think I kept falling off, though, and I probably spent half the level trying to get back on my hover ship instead of <laughs> fighting the enemies. Wow. You were probably... You are getting lots of sun out there in the air, so it's okay. Yeah, so I find the above strategy to work a lot better for me, but I think that that also characterizes our choice in weapons because when you're down below, it definitely uh, makes more sense to use Falcon more, whereas when you're up above... And you're moving a whole lot, mm-hmm. covering a lot of ground without enemies all over the place. Laser tends to just catch things quickly. So I think that the weapons in that case are something you can use to benefit whatever your strategy might be. Yeah. I find it hard to say anything about the, the flamethrower for all these levels because it's a lot like your standard gun that it shoots directly in front of you. The one difference, of course, being that it eats bullets and it's actually short range. It doesn't go all the way across the screen. So just throwing that out there right now, uh, that's why I've been neglecting to say anything about flamethrower. I thought it was stronger, though. Yes, it's stronger. That, that too. Yeah. All in all, I find flamethrower to be heavily undercut by the fact that as it uses ammo, it becomes shorter. That just requires an unnatural amount of management compared to the other weapons, which not only have different attack patterns, but also most of them have some kind of homing pattern. Whereas the flamethrower, it's like, it's not only not helping you aim, it's actually making it harder to aim. Adrian, did you find yourself running out of ammo when you were staying undercover all the time? I feel like on my first playthrough I may have, because I didn't remember if I used... Or the first time we came to that level, because I don't remember if I realized the Falcon was as good as it was. But otherwise, no, because once I found that out, pretty much always. That and V-Laser. I think the only times where um I ever ran out of ammo was trying to use fl- trying to stick solely to flamethrower and grenades, or I came close to it. I usually try to avo- avoid running out of ammo, and if I realize that I'm... Um, I'm running out, I high jump my way back up, stay there for a little bit, and then come right back down. Alright, so level 2 is the solar power there is available only in specific zones, where you just have a beam of sunlight. And you get the uh, laser there towards the beginning of the level. It's a little off to the side. On a dead end path, you don't have to visit otherwise. But at that point, that's your first new weapon, so you only have flamethrower, grenade, and laser. What weapon did you guys uh, make use of in that stage? I just stuck with the flamethrower. Whenever I found the target enemy, I would just use the flamethrower to kill it as quickly as possible. And pretty much anything else I'd rely on the machine gun. When you ran out of ammo uh, for the flamethrower... Since it doesn't recharge at all, what would you do in that stage? I would have to wait in the beams of light. 
So you would go back to uh, the last beam and let it recharge? Yeah. Adrian, how did you uh, handle power management in that stage? Well, I find most of it can actually do pretty good without uh, using your special weapons. Indra is also really helpful for things in the air, so some of the turrets that are hanging on the ceiling, I can just hide Indra and then blast them with Atomic Shots. That's another thing I forgot to mention, is that a lot, levels 3, 4, and 5, uh, they didn't have Indra in them, so couldn't make use of them. That's why Indra is so good once he comes back in level 6, and I noticed finding myself saying that um, I usually just stick with Barrier and I guess the Fire Wave too. It's kind of the same with here in level 2, where Indra is also helpful. And if I ran out of power, it didn't really bother me much. I'm not too reckless with using weapons, uh, except with for the bombs. But when I am, it didn't bother me much. Yeah, level 2, I use the grenades pretty exclusively. They will go through those uh, targets very quickly. Only takes three or four grenades to take one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would switch to flamethrower occasionally to deal with the space tadpoles. Yeah, uh, but otherwise, uh, grenades work pretty well. And level two is a little weird for me, at least. I have like a really fixed route that I take through it, so that I always run out of power at the exact same points, or I always am getting recharges at the exact same point so that I'm never unexpectedly out of power or anything. Of course, because level 2 is uh, sort of a maze. Did you guys pick out any best routes there or um, play through it the same way every time? Yeah. I think it was pretty straightforward. Just keep going right until you have to go back to the fork in the road. Well, there are a couple times where you... There are a couple times where you have a fork where you can choose which way you want to go. Also, to say that um, where those uh, sunlights, where they're positioned in a lot of this level is also the reason why I never find myself running out. There's one in a high section where there's just this gray wall to the left and you can just safely shoot them, get and burn the tadpoles away while standing in the sunlight so you're recharging and shooting at the same time so that you can go over to the generator to shut off the turrets. And there's another where there's this slope, this hill, it's near the end of the level, where there are these rocks, and obviously you want to be careful with the rocks, because they'll roll right into you. So you can just stand in the sunlight, peck away at those black things the tadpoles come out of, and that's another reason why I find myself not really running out of energy so much in this level, which is why I can't remember... If I ever did, that's why I'm giving a such... So you found that the recharging points were generally located at areas where you were going to be spending some time anyway. Yes. Um, oh, I see. So you used the time productively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Killing tadpoles. Small size of those tadpoles is why um, the laser isn't as good uh, as it is in other stages. Yeah, the laser doesn't track those, so it's not that useful against them. Because they're not robots. You shouldn't be killing tadpoles. They're robot tadpoles. How else would they fly? They're aliens. Mm, I've never seen an alien do that. You've never seen an alien? Mm. (laughs) 
did you guys ever find the need to use the charging station, the health charging station? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I use it just because it's there, and if I take damage, but... and the, uh, Yeah, that thing that's right on top of the station pretty much always hits me because it's it shoots eight ways. It, like, spirals it out, and I don't know any way to dodge it, so that's pretty much the only damage I'll ever take, and that's all the health station ever will recover, and usually I get so far into levels that I don't bother going back to it anyways. Yeah, I guess that's more what I meant. Did you guys ever go back to it after first discovering it? Yes. I try not to. <laughs> it might turn into an addiction. Warrior fan, did you always just have enough power that you were able to heal as much as you wanted to? Or did you find that you needed to manage recharging solar power and recharging health? I was pretty reckless, so I kind of focused on recharging my health before recharging any solar power. Well, that did you notice that that takes solar power to recharge <laughs> health? No. God, no one, <laughs> no one picked I? up on that. <laughs> what? I thought that was obvious. No, I picked yeah, up on yeah. that. Well, I, you guys I, didn't I, pick up on it for the other health packs, though. Not for the med kits. Not, yeah, the med kits, I thought they would just be like regular repair nah, kits. They're all yeah. the same. Go on, Warrior fan. No, you're right. I did. I did realize that. It, it's been a while since I played that level, so I forgot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess I was kind of running between the sunlight and the power station a lot. <laughs> you might have an addiction. I just want to be, you know, invincible. That's all. How does it justify your addiction? <laughs> yes, it does. All right. Uh, yeah, that's what all addicts say. Anyway, uh, Sage One, uh, did you guys? I mean, did anyone <laughs> ever stage... like run out of power or have any trouble Hell. at all with Stage One? No. Nope. Stage One is pretty much just a chance for you to go crazy. Yeah, yeah. You just get through as quickly as possible with the flamethrower. No, with the grenades. <laughs> yeah, oh. you can. You can have grenades travel with you for, like, the whole level. That's what makes it so awesome, because there's no I'm, vertical walls to block them. I, I use uh, the flamethrower for the targets. Nah, the grenades will... Like, you can shoot enough grenades that you have a running shockwave with you that will kill the targets as soon as they come on screen. Oh. It's yeah. pretty fun to do, actually. Okay. Shockwave won't be high enough to kill the things in the air, but... The, that's what you should be doing. You should be fl fly in the air, take them out, and have the shockwave kill anything on the ground. Yeah. Just keep keep going. Yeah, you also yeah. just don't need to kill the air stuff that much. Yeah, they pause when they're about to fire, so you can actually just run right past them. It's pretty fun to get to the end of the level and have, like, 15 of those guys on screen just because they've been following you the whole time, and the game starts to slow down because yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you just end the level like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Great. But you are you're giving up on points that way, so you're not going to get your extends. Oh yeah, I guess that is the time when you want to rack up points. If you're having trouble with the game, at least Mario fan. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's fired. Uh, Mario fan, did you uh, did you use your special weapons a lot in stage one? 
stage one, I sort of spent trying to figure out the controls, getting used to the whole strafing thing. Yeah, it does. Um, stage one is pretty nicely designed to teach the player how to hover to fight and um, how to use Indra and how to uh, uh, shoot right and left because those enemies, all those floating guys, will get behind you. It really does offer a chance to make use of all the unique abilities in the game. But we're not going to get into that. So any other thoughts on um, how the solar power or ammo management varies from stage to stage? Varies? Hmm. There doesn't seem to be a curve or some kind of gradual change in proportions between the two throughout the stages. It does so go up and down. Random. Well, it's what do you mean? Totally random. What do you mean? There's not a curve. Like you mean, like it, the, like okay, in the first stage, you don't really have to manage your ammo, right? And and but in the second stage, it's all about management because right. you can't even recharge. And the third stage is kind of like the first stage, but it has the high low uh, yeah. mechanism to it. So management is easier in the third stage, and four through six, it. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's really any pattern in regards to that. I think it's more of how the level design affects what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I I agree. I I think that Ranger X is too smart a game to just crank up the difficulty by taking away your ammo. Yeah, um, yeah. exactly. Just look at the way they did difficulty in this game. They didn't make, they didn't do it by just uh, jacking up the number of enemies. There are some places where they put in enemies that originally weren't there in normal and easy, but um, they still die in the same number of hits, which is usually how most hard mode that I see it that I don't particularly care for is where just things take longer to die, things do twice as much damage. Uh, Ranger X actually goes about it very interesting in that they put in some new enemies, but they also just increase their firing rate. Yeah, so I think that, you know, back to the ammo management subject, I think that that allows you to use the same ammo management strategy on the levels, regardless of what difficulty you're playing in, because it's not like enemies take twice as much flamethrower to kill. Like, they still take the same amount, so what it's, the difficulty it's adding is in how good you are at dodging shots or using your weapons to consume shots instead of just saying, well, you're going to be able to use your weapons on only half the enemies now because they take twice as much damage to kill. I'm a fan of how this game does its difficulty. Yeah, me too. Mario fan, you like that easy mode, right? I, I, yeah, it could be easier, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Aria fan, what is the cheapest video game you've ever bought? <laughs> the cheapest? Yeah. I uh, Well, one time I bought Super Metroid for 30 cents. 
Well, that's, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> My God. Wait, isn't that wasn't that part of that Nintendo Wait. promotion though? <laughs> you 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 sly dog. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't count. But you know, since you got in the trick on everyone, I'll give it to you. Shouty, what's the cheapest video game you ever bought? I bought Castle Crashers for like fifty cents. Oh my God, we're not talking about sales. No online sales stuff. Why not? It's not as exciting. It doesn't come with a story. It has to be like, uh, one time uh, my dad killed a guy, and when they were auctioning off that guy's possessions, I bought uh, <laughs> Wizards and Warriors for a dollar fifty. No, I don't have any good stories like that. All right, well that one was true. That was my story. So, right. did, did your dad get in trouble? No, he's a police officer, so he can kill whoever he wants. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I didn't think you'd go there. And Adrian, uh, do you ever get any video games for unusually cheap? Yeah, I got the two DS Zelda games, which I haven't played yet, uh, for nothing, because my brother stole them from GameSpot. All right, see, there's GameStop a story. GameStop or GameSpot? <laughs> GameStop. Okay. No, he stole them from GameSpot. No, that's what I was asking. Well, if he worked for them, it was possible. Yeah. He just walked into Greg Kasavin's <laughs> office, found the line. <laughs> or he worked there, and then he took the games as compensation after leaving. That's what I would do. Well, fine now. Either way, I think it's illegal. So. Uh, <laughs> so you don't count on you. <laughs> huh? No, I'm gonna count it. Okay. That gets double points for being illegal. <laughs> so wait, if, if we said we emulated a game, why doesn't that count? Because I said it's bought. Lame. I said you had to buy it. Oh, you didn't buy it though. I mean, I've gotten presents before, you mean, but I'm not physically? gonna count those. No, I mean pay money for. He didn't pay money. He yeah, but it. his was a creative uh, workaround of the story, <laughs> so it gets it still works. Okay. It was innovative. Ahead of its time. Yeah, like people. saying you emulated a game, that's not like. I could have guessed you would say that, so don't. That doesn't work. Fine. You'd think we'd have to steal a game. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you defied your expectations. All right. Uh, anyone have any final words before we call Ranger X a quits for good? Someone is streaming Kirby Tilt and Tumble using. The, the Game Boy, tilting around the GameCube with the Game Boy player in it, <laughs> and using the Mario, the, the DDR Mario Mix dance pad as the buttons. What? That's a pretty good idea. That's like a new that's, party game. That's, that's pretty creative. interesting. I'm sure our our uh, in the when when people listen to this in the archives, they'll run straight to the stream to find out. <laughs> stream archives. Yeah. Can you say the URL uh, so that everyone can find that? No. Okay, well, now oh, everyone's really going to be disappointed, so we'll edit that in afterwards. <laughs> I'll get Golem to find it. That was all our final words? Yeah. It's a Golem. Warifan, will you ever one day beat Ranger X? It's, you know, um, I'm hoping if I do, I can qualify for running for president at that point. That's my platform. I beat Ranger X on easy mode. And then the economy will be saved. 
All right. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad plan. I'd like to pace myself for trying to do a a gun only run of heavy for Ranger X. Yeah, I don't find gun only to be that fun. I did try that, and it was like, yeah, this is just like playing a no jump version of Mario. Wait, what? No jump version of Mario? Yeah, you know. I would compare more to a, a Buster only run of Mega Man. No, it's not that extreme. Or I mean that um, it's more extreme than that. Yeah, Buster okay. only in Mega Man is like not that mind blowing. Like I already play ninety percent of the game Buster only. Like yeah. I break out my specials for bosses, of course, but that's well, yeah, that's what it. I mean. Though you beat the bosses Buster only. Uh, that's part of the reason why um, I, I couldn't come up with much to or a lot of these questions on ammo if I ran out or any because I, I like to I try to play Ranger X um, Buster only as much as I could when I could but um, when I needed to make things easier for myself uh, I took that shot because um, the way you game over you start all the way back at level one uh, definitely enticed me more to use those specials and to stop trying to be a you know badass. Yeah, I found that the game generally paced itself well enough that, like, I could go all out with the specials, but it wasn't going to make it insanely auto-playing or anything. Like, I was going to run out of ammo if I went overboard, so. Yeah. Also, part of it might be that after playing through the game, like, 15 or 20 times in the last couple weeks, I, uh, you know, it gets monotonous just playing with the regular weapon, so... Messing around with the specials keeps it interesting. Yeah. All music on this podcast was from Ranger X. If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.